Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 14, 17. This verse reminds me of the monkey trap concept. The idea is you put a banana in a cage or a jar and the monkey reaches in and grabs it, but the monkey's hand is too big with the banana in it to pull its hand back out and the monkey will not let it go to save its life. So he gets caught. Sometimes we get focused on trivial things like eating and drinking and we forget that the kingdom is actually a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. What does that even mean anyway? Sometimes we say these kind of Christian-y words, but as Christians, we don't even have a good working definition. So let's look at this in more detail. It means that now, through Christ, you have right standing with God. He has approved of you, not necessarily your behavior, but you are not what you do. Sometimes behavior gets wonky. Come on, that's a major part of the cross, right? It removes sin, it takes it out of the way, so you can be approved of and justified before the Lord. I love that bitmoji. It's a giant stamp that says, approved. That's righteousness. I love getting the go-ahead on a loan, or you put in a proposal bid, and yours gets accepted. But this goes much deeper. Righteousness is the hinge on which the door of peace and joy hangs. It's how you can walk into peace and joy and live in it. Acts 17.28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. It's because we are in him that we can have peace and joy. They are a part of our inheritance. You don't have to worry about what you will eat or drink, as it mentioned in the first part of that verse, because your righteousness is your access or your pass to provision of practical things, needs like this. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. This righteousness that you have sets you apart. You are sanctified to be a holy living sacrifice. Hebrews 10.10 says, And by that will we will have been sanctified through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Sanctified, to be set apart. We are different, we look different, we think different, and we speak different. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. That's Matthew 15, 18. So how does your heart get defiled? I was typing a text the other day, and I typed the word defiled, but spellcheck changed it to deviled. Hmm, think about that one for a minute. I thought, well, that's an interesting coincidence. Anyway... Your heart gets defiled in more than one way, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this example. I was getting ready for a Bible study at my house recently, and my teenager was watching the show Criminal Minds. They were talking about murder and all this gross stuff and death and all that kind of thing, and I was like, I'm about to release the word of the Lord at this group. I can't be having Criminal Minds going on here right now. Not now, not in this home. This atmosphere is set apart. It's holy. It's other than. Not like everybody else's home. Not this one. Point being, recognize who you are and what you carry as a righteous follower of the Lord and be set apart. Look different. Protect your eyes. Protect the access to your heart. 
Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. This verse says the peace of God will guard your heart from being defiled. If that's not happening, maybe it's because somewhere along the line, we missed that we were righteous in right standing with God. And he wants to give us his peace to guard our hearts and make good decisions about TV shows. Not saying crime shows are wrong, just saying I didn't have peace about it. I stepped away from God's peace for a moment, but he's always right there to offer it to you again. When you're in a relationship like a marriage or a committed relationship, you know when things just aren't quite right without the other person saying anything. You can tell things aren't right between the two of you. Well, with God, when he looks at us, we are always right with him because he sees us through Jesus, through the cross, which makes us right with him all the time. We are never not right with him. If we could get our minds wrapped around this, then the only right response is thanksgiving and praise. So while we might have done something that we aren't proud of, that you might think might make things not right between you and God, God's not thinking that. He's seen his son or his daughter righteous in his sight. So that response on our part of thankfulness and praise actually leads us into his presence and repentance, changing our minds to agree with him. He never left us. We left him. But when we turn our heart back and catch on to the reality that we are always right with God, our thanksgiving and our praise allows us to enter into his presence. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. It's the righteousness that he gave you. His righteousness. Yes, but he gave it to you. So not agreeing with the fact that you are righteous is actually false humility. You are the righteousness of God through Christ. You are right with God 100% all the time, every day, on the regular, 24-7. Hallelujah. That is amazing. So the verse says righteousness, peace, and joy. So let's talk about peace. When I was asking the Lord about the peace in this verse, he reminded me of the time our son was riding his bike across a main road, like a 55 mile per hour road. And how many know in a car versus person accident, cars win, right? But we got the call about 9 p.m. at night. It was summer, so it wasn't dark yet. We grabbed our keys and rushed to the hospital. But somehow I had peace. I knew he was going to be okay. You could say I was flowing in the gift of extreme faith. So when I walked into that hospital room, I wasn't freaking out. I just brought peace in with me, which was good for our son and everyone else there. It's that peace that passes our understanding. We can't understand it. We don't even know how it's possible to have peace in that circumstance, but you can. God also reminded me of another time my daughter was playing basketball, and that girl, she plays hard, but we were in a very small gym, and there wasn't much room between the edge of the court and the cement wall. There wasn't padding for some reason like there is in most gyms, but she went after a ball and couldn't stop. At full speed, she smacked her shin right into the edge of the cement and the metal of the door casing. It wasn't pretty, to say the least. We got her off to the side, and the trainer began to evaluate her. We definitely thought, by the way she hit, that it could have been broken. But after the trainer checked things out, he said it may be okay and that we just needed to ice it and check on it later. But I distinctly remember one of the moms saying, You must be so scared. And I was like, No, strangely, I'm not afraid. 
I had peace and I trusted the Lord to guide us through it. Of course, I should be concerned, and I was. But should I be afraid or worry when the Lord says to be anxious for nothing? Nothing. But does this circumstance somehow supersede his word? No. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that says, No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. Bad circumstances, things happen. Temptations to be afraid, they come. They're not uncommon. But anything that can happen to us, no matter how terrible and tragic, cannot take away our peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we are one with him. As Jesus is, even in this world, even with that problem, even with that surprise, that thing you didn't expect, he is still our peace. The word says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. You can't have peace and be anxious at the same time. The Lord says, choose peace. Choose to bring your request to the Lord, and in exchange, he gives you his perfect peace. That's a deal, people. I love getting a good deal, and that's the best deal ever. It reminds me of the grant covenant that we have with him. There are different types of covenants in the Bible, but the grant covenant is what we have with God. Grant is best. There's no risk for us. It's lopsided on purpose. He makes the deal and fulfills the deal. It's unconditional. You just need to say yes. You might say we are obviously the weaker participant in the deal, but that's okay because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So when we are feeling weak, we are perfectly positioned for his strength, his grace to swoop in and save the day. Talk about peace. We can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So let's talk about joy. You know that song. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I know some of you are totally singing right now. (laughs) Joy looks like something. It's not an inside job. Other people can tell if you have joy. You've heard the saying, fake it till you make it. I don't love that saying, but when it comes to joy, I think it applies. As a believer, you have the ability to have joy. That's very clear in the word. So it's in there somewhere. Sometimes you just need to draw it out, right? Do something to activate your joy. What's wrong with laughing on purpose until you are laughing for real? Whoever said that was wrong is under the affliction of the spirit of stupid because righteous laughter is from the Lord. You've heard the verse, the prayer of the righteous man avails much. Some versions say prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Well, I say the laughter of a righteous man avails much and is powerful and effective. Laughter produces good fruit. You know, when one person starts laughing, others can't help but laugh as well. You are spreading joy through laughing. That's kingdom. That is laughter availing much. There's a commercial on right now with this old couple and they say, we do it every night right after dinner, like clockwork. Then a young woman that says, I live alone, but I still do it every night. And another couple that says, we do it after meatloaf. The commercial is actually for Cascade dishwashing liquid, (laughs) but we're going to borrow that concept of doing it every night and do a homework activation. For the next seven days, every night, I want you to laugh on purpose. Do it with family or friends or do it by yourself. But laugh for at least one full minute straight. No cheating. Don't stop laughing. Just keep going. Don't worry about feeling self-conscious. Jesus paid for you to laugh. So activate the kingdom of God through laughter. After you do your seven days of laughing for one full minute at least per day, hop on the Holy Spirit Feed Facebook page and post how it went, who you did it with, you know, all the good stuff. 
We'd love to read about it. Or if you're feeling really daring, I'd love for some of you to post a video of you and your cohorts laughing up a storm. Proverbs says a joyful heart is good medicine. Spread the laughter. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Holy Spirit Feed and that every time you laugh, it helps you remember that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit.